Welcome to The Measuring Line. I'm your host, Heath Meadows. want to begin by first apologizing from the get-go. I am suffering from some kind of upper respiratory junk that I just woke up with. So it's uh, pretty nasty. I hope it's, I'm going to pray that it goes away really quick. I intend on making the trip down to Asbury University where Revival seemingly has broken out this Saturday. Today's Thursday. So if you listen to this message, please pl- <laughs> Please pray that God will take this junk away so I can get down there. I'm um, anxious to see the move of God, and I'm hearing that it's actually breaking out also in Lee University and a couple of other universities, and there's been a lot of criticism about this, and I just think it's ridiculous. I mean, first, these guys that are criticizing whatever's going on at Asbury are not even going there. They're just doing it from the comfort of their own home. You know, these armchair preachers, quarterbacks, discernment ministers. Um, we're going to talk about that today because it's it's very alarming to me what's going on with their ministry and what it's doing to certain people. And, uh, well, you know, so for one, let's just think about this, guys. This is a camp, college campus. It has multiple different denominations represented at us. It's a non-denominational Asbury split from the Methodists when they were doing their, we may allow, you know, a homosexual to preach from the pulpit thing. And and so it's non-denominational, open to different denominations. It's a very respected college. I believe there was a couple people, one of my professors might have been there from there, or taught there at one time, but regardless... And it's full of young people, obviously. It's a university. I mean, I'm sure there's people my age there and professors and whatnot and people my age going to school there. But for the most part, you're, you're looking at between 18 and 24-year-olds. That started last Wednesday going to chapel and listening to a sermon about loving your neighbor and needing God to fill us in order to do that. And just a very simple, sound, doctrinal message about needing God's Spirit in order that we may love appropriately and repenting if we haven't done that. And it began with that message. A couple students stayed over. It grew, it grew, it continues to grow. And now there's this very solemn holiness thing going on down there. And people are, are I mean, I, there's some, there are some sound, respected leaders that I know that have been there and said, yes, there is something going on here. It doesn't look like past revivals which is great because God's doing something new. But it's being, I've heard that it's being shepherded very well. I heard that it's being, you know, that it's it's very simple and they're not hyping it. And I like that. And there's a lot of things I'm hearing I'm liking. And, but what I was about to say is you had the Super Bowl on Sunday, Valentine's Day on Tuesday, and a bunch of, you know, young people from the ages of anywhere from 18 to 24 that would not leave chapel for several days. There are people sleeping in chapel. Now, if that's not a move of God, you know, I don't know what is because I don't know that Taylor Swift could keep people there for a whole week. I mean, there's things to do, right? There's parties to be had. There's stuff we, you know, come on. That should be everybody's first clue that God is doing something for over a week Young people have refused to leave. They're they're carting food into this into this thing, and uh, that should be a sign that hey, God's doing something, and He's doing it upon the young generation. And I know that I talked a little bit about the conference that I went to and the sobering 
seriousness of that conference. And I think what God is wanting to do is bring a lot of people to maturity so that this new wave that's coming has some mature fathers. The problem is there's a lot of poison out there that has, in, in some cases, already poisoned this generation. And it's going to be really hard to break off. And this has come from just a conversation that I never do. People wonder why, well, why don't you respond on Facebook or why didn't you say something about this? If you have ever responded to something on Facebook, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. As soon as you do, it's like the trolls come out, man, and everybody and anybody, it, it just starts heaping it on, right? So I, I didn't, th actually this time didn't have too many trolls, but the concern is that I was actually responding to a comment of somebody that was in it's in my family that I was concerned about they were there they have made comments in the past that are leaning toward this I call it a radical right Christianity it's it's the Pharisees of today there's a lot of people on YouTube there's pirate I think there's one called pirate radio I can't remember he's one that just the spirit that emanates from these people it, it actually makes me nauseous Smith Spencer Smith's another one that's as soon as you turn, I've, I actually turned him on because he had, a, it looked like an interesting show. And within 30 seconds of listening to him, I'm using true discernment and saying that that dude's got a spirit of, of arrogance and pride. Anybody that says we only use this Bible. And if you use any different Bible, you're, you're hip, you know, you're a heretic. And if you don't believe exactly what we believe down to the T, you are a heretic. That That's crazy. I mean, there are some great brothers and sisters from the different denominations where you don't see eye to eye on everything, but we love Jesus and we want Jesus to come back and we disagree on what the timing is of the rapture, if it's before trib or after trib. I'm a post-trib guy. I know people that are pre-trib guy. I pre-trib people. I completely disagree with that interpretation of scripture, but I'm not going to tell them that they're a heretic. They love Jesus. They preach Jesus. They're great people. And to say that to, I mean, you are slandering the body of Christ. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you will know that if there's something going on out there, daddy's going to tell you about it. I don't have any problem calling people out. I just did a fate on Andy Standing, what, what he's doing and leading people astray. He's actually leading people into deception. He, he comes out and says that in his video that was released on this conference that he did. And when he's talking about homosexuality, he comes out and says, basically, you don't come out and just say, this is what we're doing. You gradually introduce it over a period of time. What is that? That's deception. So yeah, I'm going to call that thing. I mean, it's, it's concerning. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that something's not a revival just by looking at pictures on the internet. I'm not going to do you a service of that. Now, I'm going to tell you this. If I go down to Asbury and there's something off, I'm going to come back here and report it. Hey, something's off. Don't go down there. But I'm going to also tell you this. If this is a move of God, if you're a Christian, if you've got any means of going, and from people in my area, it's three hours away, 
you need to get there. When has our hunger, where has our hunger gone for the things of God and his presence? I hear a lot of people complain about things in their church being flat or no presence, no movement, but then the movement comes and everybody wants to criticize it because it ain't in the mode that they thought it should be, you know? So we need to get out of that. But I also want to raise a flag. Just like there is a red flag when it comes to people in the progressive left movement in the church that are really doing some things that are very contradictory to Scripture, there are on the very far left that are that rigid Pharisee-type action where nothing that you believe, anything outside we believe, you can't be, you can't be the cool kid in our camp. And that's just crap. They call it discernment ministry. I call it criticism. Critical, it's, it's nothing more than critical. And most, I would almost guarantee you that most people that enjoy this stuff love gossip because that's what these programs do. They just gossip about everybody's, you know, whatever they're doing in their church. They love gossip. They've got sin in their lives because I'm going to tell you something. It is really, really easy and makes you feel really, really good to sit and point out somebody else's sin when you're going in the back room doing something that you ain't supposed to do yourself because you think that it hides your sin. But I'm here to tell you, God sees it. And there is a marking down of it. And you will be held accountable for it. And we have to understand that if we are, are picking up our cross and worrying about what God is doing in our life, the sin that's in my life, the hate that's in my heart, the lust that's in my heart, the pride that's in my heart, God, please take it away. If we are focusing on discipleship and picking up our cross daily, we don't have time to point the finger. In fact, it makes us less likely to point the finger at somebody else because we know the darkness that exists within us. And this idea that it's discernment is garbage. It is not discernment because discernment, true discernment, is just basically deciding between the discernment of spirits. Is it a good spirit? Is it the Holy Spirit? Or is it not? So that means that you should also say, yeah, this is good. But if you notice most of these ministries, these heretic hunters and whatnot that are out there, it, it it's all bad. Everything's bad except them. That's a cult. That's not Jesus. That's a cult. And we can sit here all day and go through the academics of what makes a cult. But I think a lot of my listeners will know what I'm talking about. Discerning of spirits is turning someone on and knowing that they've been with Jesus or that they're operating out of the spirit of pride and religion. And before, I've said this before, I want to say this again. God is really pounding this in my spirit. You can't tear down something before you've built something up. You are not qualified to go out and start tearing people down if you yourself have not built anything for the kingdom of God. If you've not been through a wilderness experience, if you've not had your guts ripped out and broken and beaten and shattered under, under the 
under the circumstances of life and went through the wilderness and let God break you and mold you and, and hit the floor with tears and, 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 and just in a place of complete brokenness, you are not qualified to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord, this is wrong. And I'll tell you why, because unless you do that from a broken, contrite spirit, you're going to, you're going to do it from an angry, hypocritical, condemning spirit. You see those that have broken when they confront, even if it may be harsh, there is a spirit of love that's carried on their words because they know what they've been through. They've been broken and whether you're man or woman, it doesn't matter. And this idea of, and it just, it, 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 I, this is the first time I've ever encountered these people actually influencing a younger generation. Because I always felt like these guys were the guys that are on there with these quote unquote discernment ministries and, and going and just tearing everybody down. I always thought these guys were, you know, kind of like for the old religious crowd, to be quite honest, you know, people my age that are religious. They're influencing young people. And now I'm really concerned, and it needs to stop. They do nothing but cause disunity in the Bible. They are following their father, the devil, by being the accusers of the brethren. You know, and I'm saying that everything that they say is wrong because they do have they have pointed out things in the charismatic movement that have been wrong. There are there are abuses in that movement. It's being corrected. There are voices, and I hope this is one, that are rising up and saying we need balance. We need both the word and the spirit. We need the power, empowering word, or the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the foundation of the word of God to to, to make to complete the mission of God. But it's so concerning to me that now this these kinds of people are infiltrating the young, and it, it just it it boggles my mind. And then what happens is this spirit of religion and pride sets in. And I can guarantee you this person eventually is going to need deliverance in some way. I guarantee it down the road because it's a, there's just a stronghold. There. Anytime you can't sit down and have a conversation about something and think, and you're telling people that are twice your age, even your own pastor, that they're wrong and you're, just a, you're still in high school, when we, we got problems. You know, here's here's my suggestion, and, you know, I'm not pastoral. I never claim to be. I try to be a little bit. But there are times when you just need to hear, sit down, shut up, go to church, listen, read your Bible, work on yourself, get mature. That's it. At a level of some point, if God's called you to ministry, you'll be aware of it. There's a lot of people out there that think they're called to ministry, and they ain't. They think ministry is about sitting back on YouTube or jumping on Facebook or, you know, working one day a week. It ain't, I'm going to tell you, some one of the hardest jobs in the world, if you ain't called to do it, is a pastor, a true pastor. And just a shout out to all the true pastors out there. You know what? You have to prepare a message. And if you're doing it right, sometimes that message isn't received by half your congregation. Then the whole following week, what do you got to do? You got to go out and mend the sheep and, and those that were offended. And you got to work with them. And people are calling you. Why'd you say this? And why'd you say that? And then on top of that, there's people that's got issues that you have to heal. And, you know, God's call. if God's grace is not on your life for that calling, you're not going to make it. You are not going to make it. 
And I really believe that's why we see a, a lot of people that misunderstood their calling, got into pastoral ministry, and they're either burning out, they're having major mental health problems, or they're just leaving the church because they were never really called to do it to begin with. So all you wanna-be ministers out there, I'm gonna, here's a word of advice. Be careful what you wish for, because as soon as you're called to ministry, the wilderness follows. You are not called to ministry and then put up on a platform, handing a mic and say, there you go, brother, you can do it. That's not how this works. It did not work for Jesus that way. It will not work for you that way. Jesus was called to the ministry, baptized by the Holy Spirit, and then immediately sent out to the wilderness for 40 days of hell. Welcome to the ministry, baby. And we want to, we think this is some kind of game. And uh, yeah, it needs to stop. And I, and you know, it starts by people not listening and going to these YouTube channels. It concerns me greatly. Maybe all Christians for a time just need to shut off their social media and get away from it and uh, read their Bibles and stop the stupidness. And you know what? It just reminds me of the cartoon Bambi and Thumper. If you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. How about that? Some of the greatest wisdom in life is some of the simplest, simplest things that we just can't seem to get a hold of. So I will bring back a report from Asbury. I will do that Monday. My, my plan is, as long as I can get through this junk or whatever I got, is we're going to get up in the early in the morning Saturday and head down. And I mean, I'm excited. I've been in times of refreshing you know, where the house of God has really fallen but I've never been in quote unquote a revival atmosphere or an awakening. And uh, man, I, I'm, I'm hoping I catch it and it sticks on me like glue and I bring it back here and, and, you know, it breaks out here and we have a, we have an awesome time in, in my area. I'm, I'm really praying for that. I'm praying for it to spread. And man, I'm telling you, God's up to something. I knew God is up to something. We should be encouraged. I'm telling you from this there was such a change from this last conference that I went to. And uh, then you know, here I am sitting in this conference and it's sobering and it's like, okay, God's maturing us. And there's, there's something he's saying here and he's wanting us to get and qualify us to do something. And then I hear about revival breaking out and it's in universities with a young generation. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what is happening here? And I really believe God saying, look, I'm about to pour out my spirit. I'm about to send a wave of revival throughout the earth. And I need fathers and mothers to mature, to get off the milk, to get off the bottle and start eating the meat of the word. So you can raise up this younger generation and usher in my return. I believe we are so close to the return of the Lord that it's not even funny. I'm not predicting. I'm not saying he's coming here or there, but I'm telling you, us very well be this last generation, this this newest newest generation on the earth, the youngest ones now, could very well see the return of the Lord. I could very well see the return of the Lord in the next 30 years. And I'm and I'm excited about it. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm tired of this world part of the pain and the suffering that we see in it. And I'm ready for it. So I will again give you a, sorry, getting off of a rant there, but I'll give you guys a update on what, what is going on as, as soon as I possibly can. And until then, guard what you see, guard what you hear and stay in the word and in the holy place until we talk again. God bless.